1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it
1: again. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: All right, the real podcast begins right now. For those of you not watching on YouTube, you should watch just for my terrible intros. Adam, Heath, and Jamie here on a Tuesday morning. And we're talking about NFL draft running backs, which we did not cover on yesterday's show, and the veterans that have the most to gain or lose via the NFL draft. So if the, the example I keep using, if the Broncos draft a running back, we're going to have Javante Williams potentially in the loser column, those types of things. Heath, how you feeling about the draft? Feeling, nice. You got two first-round picks for the Chiefs? That's exciting.
1: Yeah, and like three of the top fifty or four of the top fifty-five or something. No, it's I'm excited. It's you know a, a few months ago we were talking about how this is a, like maybe not a very good draft class, and I, I think it, what it is is there's a lot of guys who, in the right situation with the right development, could be very very good, but they have really low floors, and so it's going to be interesting to see after you get past the guys that we think are be the top five or six in rookie drafts, who are the guys who land in situations that we get really excited about.
0: Jamie, I have a trivia question that I don't know if I have the right answer to, but I think I do. So let's okay. go, let's roll with it. There are 3 teams that do not have a first or second round pick. Can you name them? First or second round pick.
2: Wow. Um, let's see. And I'll
0: give you a hint if you need one.
2: Uh, first or
0: second round pick. 3 teams. Um, yeah, I'm right about this. <laughs> Yeah, give me a hint. Okay, so we all love the portion of the alphabet, L-M-N-O. All three teams, their name, not the mascot, but the city name starts with an L, M, N, or O. Miami? Yes.
2: Los Angeles Rams? Correct. And New Orleans. No, not New Orleans. Um, Heath, you could participate uh,
0: too. I didn't mean it just for Jamie. <laughs> the third team. Is it the Raiders? The Chargers. The Raiders. It is the Raiders, yeah. Raiders, Dolphins, and Rams do not have a first or second round pick as of now. They could always move. Did you in. see what
2: Chris Greer said? What he's gonna do spending the first two days of the draft? First, first
0: round of the draft, third No, night,
2: what watching Terry kill highlights.
0: <laughs> yeah, who was it? It was uh it was Lynch, I think, because the Niners don't have a first round pick. So it's gonna be a little boring on Thursday, but not for us. We're looking forward to it. So We'll get into uh, to the running backs in just a sec. Well, we'll do it right now. First, uh, we, ha- we have we have do some have some news. T. Higgins shoulder surgery. Eli Mitchell knee surgery. Uh, a Green Bay Packers sexy trade rumor. But who is your favorite rookie running back or
1: incoming rookie running back, Heath? Who's your favorite in this draft class? Uh, it's Brees Hall. It was uh, for me uh, like a couple months ago. It, it was um, I was kind of having a hard time deciding between Hall and Spiller and. It was close, and the testing really separated them. You look at his uh, athletic profile now, and he doesn't look too far from Jonathan Taylor. You look at it with the production that he had, and it's about as elite as any running back. So if he lands in the right situation, he may be one of those rookie running backs that is going in the second round and is a borderline top-12 guy. Give me that right situation. That's that's the hard part, because there's two teams, the, the Falcons and the Texans, who have clear opportunities for a, a lead running back, but geez, they aren't very good. Um, I think, I think the Texans are probably that spot though. Cause I think the Texans are going to be better than what um, we have talked about this before, than what the, what the consensus is. I think they got four yeah. and a half wins. I think they're closer to a 500 team. And uh, I, I think the offense will be okay. What, but what about the bills? Everybody wants Brees Hall to the bills.
0: I think that would be Okay. Okay. Jamie, who's your favorite running back in this class? Yeah,
2: it's between Brees Hall and Ken Walker. You know, both those guys are uh, superstar potential. Um, I think Hall's a, a little bit better, personally, but uh, I, I don't want to overlook, you know, Walker's getting knocked a little bit for not having uh, the pass-catching numbers. I think he certainly can do it, though, and I think it will surprise some people when, when he gets to the next level. Um, but those two guys, I think, are clear-cut above the rest of the group, and Hall, to me, has got the most upside.
0: I do think before the combine, or I guess it was the pro day
1: for Spiller. It was both. He he was he didn't run a forty at the he, combine, right. but he was at the combine and was didn't have a great time there either. But he was hurt at the, he got hurt at the combine, didn't he, Spiller? I think. Uh, he did not get hurt at
2: the combine.
0: I think he was maybe, dealing with an injury. They were speculating yeah, really that he came in with him. an injury. Okay, yes. came in with an injury, right? So so the testing, it was probably a group of three, maybe, that we would have been talking about with Spiller in there. Uh, and, you know, terrible 40 times. For a lot of these running backs, by the way, they had bad 40 times, but he ran a 4 40 at his pro day. That is really alarming for Isaiah Spiller. Um, and maybe he was dealing with some injury, I don't know, but that was pretty slow. Uh, let's go through the news and notes. First, remember... We can uh, get you in the podcast league if you fill out the form. It's in the episode description. And all you have to do is tell us the order of the top 10 picks and not the teams. I think you probably know that, but uh, the players that are going one through 10 spell their names correctly, or it's not going to count as a proper guess. but I've told you this so many times entries close Thursday night at 8 PM. So go ahead and fill out that form and good luck to you. Most correct answers is in the podcast league. There will be some sort of tiebreaker as well. Also, if you want to learn about these prospects, Dan Schneier and Dave Richard wrote a lot of, profiles on our website. They are super helpful. They're quick reads. They give you NFL comps. They give you strengths and weaknesses. They give you a little background on the player. They're well-written. They're excellent. Uh, I really strongly recommend reading them. Uh, Just player profiles, scouting reports on these guys. News and notes. T. Higgins had shoulder surgery. He's going to miss the off-season workouts. Jamie, any change in the outlook for T. Higgins?
2: Not at all. Uh, The only change would be is if they draft a receiver, but uh, as of now, no concern. As long as he's fine for uh, start a camp. He'll be a uh, maybe as high as a third round pick, depending on how quickly receivers go off the board, but almost certainly a fourth round pick in most leagues.
0: San Francisco GM John Lynch said he cannot imagine trading Debo Samuel. And also, we learned by the
2: that- time you're listening to this, we'll have an emergency <laughs> podcast on Debo Samuel to the Jets.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. It, it could be that the most inter- interesting things that happen on Thursday are, are not the draft, but the trades. Maybe Mayfield, maybe Debo, maybe Waller. Talk about that in a second. Elijah Mitchell had a clean up knee surgery uh, after the season. He expects to be ready for training camp. Heath, is, I just found this very weird because 49ers running backs never get hurt.
1: Yeah, they do uh, They do have a lot of, and, and they never repeat. The other thing they never do is repeat <laughs> from year after year as the number one back. But uh, for now, it's kind of, I'd view it as a pretty similar situation to Higgins. As long as he's okay at the start of camp, I'm not going to worry about it too much.
0: Okay, so there was a report that the Packers were looking to trade for Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know anything about Cheesehead TV, but it came from Cheesehead TV, a guy named Aaron Nagler. Now, the write-up on NBC Sports or whatever Roto World has become said he has covered the Packers for a long time, so I don't want to just diminish him because it's Cheesehead TV, which is kind of a funny-sounding thing. But there is this report that the Packers are looking to acquire
1: Darren Waller. Heath, should we take it seriously? I think Derek Carr said no chance. He quote tweeted the report with a uh, no chance, but okay. he doesn't make those decisions. So I, I don't, listen, I think the Packers are trying just about everything they can to find a way to acquire weapons for Aaron Rodgers and they need to get multiple.
2: Don't you think if there was going to be a trade between Darren Waller and the Packers, it would have come as part of the <laughs> yeah. Adams deal? Right. Seems like it. Uh, how weird would that be for the
0: two teams to make another I mean,
2: I, the only thing would be is that if the Raiders are looking at their salary situation after bringing on Adams and re-signing or extending their car and and trying to say okay, maybe Darren Waller doesn't fit with us long term. I don't understand how that would be, but uh, you know, financially it could be something if if that's well, the case. and I'm just I'm just speaking out of you know, no no knowledge whatsoever.
1: I will continue that trend. <laughs> And say so I started I, it. If I was Darren Waller's agent, I would think that he would be in line for a contract extension or he's not going to be showing up. Because I think he's making six million dollars this year. There's like 20 tight ends making more money than him. And wow. none of his money left on his contract, I don't believe, is guaranteed. His dead cap hit right now is zero. So <sighs> I I can't imagine he doesn't want a new contract.
2: There was some talk about that last year, if you recall, now that you bring it up, when he had the knee injury, that he wasn't going to return because he was concerned about his contract.
0: So what do you guys think about Alvin Kamara's hearing being moved? It was supposed to be yesterday. It's been moved to August 1st. I believe this is the second time his hearing has been moved. And we haven't heard anything from the NFL about a possible suspension. Maybe they were waiting to see how the, the legal case played out first. But now, Jamie, the Alvin Kamara's court case moved to, or his hearing, moved to August 1st. What do you make of that?
2: Yeah, the, the stuff that I read yesterday, it, it seems as if it, it, it the NFL is not going to make a decision until there's at least a plea entered um, by Kamara, which he assumes probably be not guilty. So I, I guess it's looking like he's not going to face any sort of potential you know, uh, suspension or ramifications from the NFL as of now. So I think if you're drafting, and, and I know, Heath, this has been a point of contention for you, um, you should assume at this point he's probably going to play the majority of the season. Uh, so from a fantasy perspective, it's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, can't, doesn't it feel like when, not if, is the video going to leak? Yeah. And – If it leaks before there's a criminal decision, then maybe the the exempt list comes into play. And if not, then exactly what Jamie said, it's probably just going to play this season.
0: I thought you were going to say, doesn't it feel like when, not if... No, I thought you were going to say, doesn't it feel like the Ezekiel Elliott situation from whatever that was four or five years ago where we there was going to be a suspension, we just didn't know when, what happened? He got suspended and then he was appealing it or whatever it was. And then it happened basically mid-season. It was a six-game suspension. And that kind of feels like that scenario. possible. Uh, So, Jamie, it doesn't sound like you think he's going to miss much time. I I mean, does that kind of – I think you basically said that. As of now, that's the way it seems. Yeah. Very serious allegations. So, all right. We'll hopefully get more information. Don't draft yet. That's my advice to you. It's only April. Kadarius Tony attended workouts. He's back attending the voluntary workouts with the Giants. That's great. See if they trade him. Those were the uh, the rumors from last week. And big news: Friday is day two of the NFL Draft, which might be the most fantasy relevant for us. The running backs are going to come off the board. Friday is also part two of. Anyone know part two? Ozark. Yeah, Ozark. Yeah. Season four, Alrighty, part nice. two. So we've got a lot of things to watch this weekend. No spoilers, everybody. Don't, you know, it's going to take me a while to finish part two. All right, let's talk about our rookie running backs here. Last year, we kind of went into it knowing, thinking, thinking that we weren't going to get a ton of difference makers. Obviously, the ETN injury was was rough. We knew Najee Harris, uh, Javante Williams had a chance, but it was a weak running back class, sort of felt. Um, and then we were excited. <laughs> Some people were excited about Trey Sermon. That didn't work out. Elijah Mitchell ended up having a really good year. Ramondre Stevenson was better than we expected. Uh, Jamie, give me the overall take on what to expect. And it's so hard to know. So obviously, I'm not going to hold you to it. It's hard to know until we see where they get drafted, which teams take them. But as of right now, on Tuesday, two days before the draft, how you're feeling about this running back class?
2: Uh, I mean, I I think it's kind of similar, maybe without the potential of star power. But you know, I I certainly could see you know, Hall and Walker and maybe Spiller and and, and maybe one or two other guys Rashad White or, or somebody along those lines, Brian Robinson, if they end up in the right spot. Um, it feels very similar to the, the Jonathan Taylor class where they dominated the second round of the NFL draft and they ended up in some strong positions. You know, Clyde Edwards Hillary was the surprise that he went in the end of the first round but then Taylor to the Colts, Swift to the Lions, Dobbins to the Ravens, and this feels like a similar group. I know Ryan Wilson's been saying that, you know, for for a while now, at least going back to when we were together on uh, on the set at the Combine, um, that this group feels like that group. And so I don't think we're going to get one in the first round, so I'm going to win our bet, Adam. And then you're going to see probably uh, the second round, you know, when Heath was talking about the Texans, that's the the first thing I went to look was what pick they have in the second round. And 37 overall feels like a running back spot, you know, so they can address address excuse me um potentially offensive line at three which i think would be smart uh Evan Neal makes a lot of sense there they can address edge rusher at three as well but um they can go offense with one of their two first round picks three or 13 and then come back with a running back at 37 and and whoever they end up taking at that spot i think ends up in a good situation as well as he alluded to so it's it's a very good group uh there will be probably one or two surprises like you know i mean i don't know if he's a surprise at this point for people following but you know, Damian Pierce from Florida, for example, he can end up in uh, a tandem situation or a committee situation, and then maybe by middle of the season or if not next year, you know, be the best running back on his respective team. So there there are some guys that may not make an impact right away. Uh, but hopefully there are a couple guys like Heath mentioned Houston, Atlanta, maybe Buffalo, uh, you know, a spot that we may not expect, but could end up being good, you know once you take a step back and realize, oh okay, you know the the starter there is not firmly entrenched and and, and the second guy might be, you know, good at some point. So there, there's gonna be some good fantasy options coming out of this class, hopefully in you know, some starting spots.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I think that Brees Hulk is probably going to be either a number two running back or a borderline number one. Um Walker's probably going to be a borderline number two, maybe a maybe a mid-range number two. Spiller for me is the the wild card because it's just, like, the testing was really not good at all. <laughs> but the the player, like, what we saw from him as a player looks like somebody who could really have success. And so if he ends up in the right spot, I could see him being kind of the surprise that ends up maybe being as good as Walker this year. But I could also see Spiller just being a complete and total bust. So I think he's the wild card of the class. And then there will be one or two guys from outside that top three but I don't. I really don't think there will be more than three running backs in the first round of rookie-only drafts, unless something really surprising happens.
0: I'm surprised, Jamie, that you and and Ryan, I guess, are comparing this class to the Taylor Dobbins. Swim. No,
2: no, no, no. Not not from a high end talent standpoint. From when they're going to be. From they go-
0: okay, okay, okay. Yes.
2: So round round two. And potentially round three is when I think we're going to see these guys go. Now, like I said, the group is not at that level. Okay. But they may end up, fantasy-wise, comparable. You know, again, you know, Hall is, at least from a measurable standpoint, is is very similar to what Jonathan Taylor like coming out of the NFL, coming into the NFL. You know, so right situation, who knows? You know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor landed in as good a spot as you can ask for at the time because the offensive line was fantastic and there was a clear, you know, potential path for uh, production. Um you know, Dobbins, you know, at the time we thought, okay, uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, is this the best spot ended up by the end of his rookie season, not being bad, you know? So, um, Deandre Swift, same thing, you know, we, we, we saw that there's the potential for it, you know? So, uh, I, I think, you know, Spiller, it's kind of, I think really the three, four and five guys, you know, who's going to end up in, in those, in those roles, you know, is it, is it Rashad White? Is it Is it an Isaiah Spiller? Is it a Brian Robinson? There's probably a guy I'm forgetting. Um, well,
0: Jayshon Corbin, I know, is someone that Emory likes a lot. I think the running back rankings, once you get past the top two, are just well. Spiller, I think, is pretty firmly entrenched as three. Yeah, and, and then like Emory Hunt has Ken Walker tenth, and I think Emory just uh, lowers guys that don't have a role in the passing game, and he didn't really have one in at Michigan State, uh, so. There's that, Uh, but um, yeah, okay, fine. If you want to put Spiller third, but then you hear Damian Pierce and you hear Corbin and you hear White and I I see a lot of slow 40 times, by the way, I think that kind of jumped out to me. The three guys, the four guys I just mentioned, or I don't know how many I mentioned, but Spiller, Corbin, uh, Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, Damian Pierce out of Florida, they all had pretty disappointing 40 times. And I I hope that they're not, all top six running backs in this class i seriously doubt they will be but spiller will be um but i, I don't know like Heath, I, I can't really right now i can't really see us talking about this class changing the running back landscape in fantasy football
1: i think also, that's James,
2: probably true zamir white you know those two guys don't forget them too
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think like cook or spiller either one if they landed like in the chase Edmonds role in arizona then that would re- could really elevate them. Some of these guys have skill sets where they do certain things really well and if they land in those spots then that that could change things. But no, I I don't think I don't think it's going to change the landscape of the running back position. But we've talked about all this transition in terms of dynasty all all the formerly just con- always top 12 running backs that are now 26, 27, 28 years old. Somebody's going to fill those spots. <laughs> And so a few of these guys may get elevated simply by the fact that the others are moving out.
0: All right. So that's kind of a little overview of the running back position, and we'll have plenty more to say about them when they get drafted. And when we come back, we're going to talk about players who are currently in the NFL, who has the most to gain, who has the most to lose in the NFL draft, if their teams add players at their positions or whatnot. We'll come right back and break it down on Fantasy Football today.
1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: So let's talk about the NFL veterans. And yes, anyone who's played at least a year, I'm considering a veteran. Uh, who have the most to gain or lose. And Jamie, let's start with Javante Williams. He, so you gave me two players yesterday who have a lot to lose. Javante Williams and Juju Smith-Schuster. And, Javante, the question I asked you, I think, on FFT and five was at, at what point in the NFL draft, if the Broncos do select a running back, would it not really matter for Javante Williams? Like if they select somebody in round five, I know you're not going to care. But I guess, you know, at, at what point would you be like, all right, Javante fine. Lock him in as maybe a round one, definitely round two at the latest kind of pick.
2: You know, I don't want to attach a round to it. Per se, because I think you could see a spiller falling. You could see uh, a Brian Robinson falling. You know, some, somebody that still has plenty of upside just because they don't get selected in the NFL draft because the nature of how teams draft that position. So, um, but I do think if we get to day three, you know, that's where you kind of feel safe. And, and you know, you brought it up. Okay, round four, certainly we see somebody there, maybe round five. Uh, but obviously if it's round six or round seven, you got to feel pretty good that the Broncos, like Javante Williams, I, I forget who I saw. I was just scrolling through uh, Twitter this morning. And one of the Broncos writers wrote, is there a role for Mike Boone as like the tease for the story that they that they sent out? So, you know, maybe they're just sort of, you know, or hearing things coming out of the building or reading the tea leaves that Mike Boone might be the second guy uh, on the depth chart. So, you know, until we get past the draft uh, and we see and and Melvin Gordon signing and we see, you know, then I think Javante Williams is in a pretty good spot. So, um you know, if, if they do fall into uh, a round two, I, I don't know their draft selections off the top of my head, so I apologize. I but a round two, round three pick of, uh, you know, Hall Walker Spiller, you know, one of those type of guys, then it's probably not as rosy for Javante Williams. I don't think a lot's going to lower his stock tremendously, but um, you, you know, it's it's the potential of of a crowded room that makes you worried.
1: Yeah, I I think it's just like if they, I don't think they, surely they won't, but if they don't take Hall or Walker or Spiller, then I probably don't care unless they take Cook late. Like if Cook falls to round four and they take him, because I would assume if they're taking him, it's because they want to have him work in the passing game. And that would, would minimize Williams a little bit. But he's going to share with someone. Somebody's going to get 30%, 35% of the touches. I just want Williams to get the uh, the passing downs.
0: So the Broncos, I thought to myself, well, they acquired Russell Wilson... They don't have a first-round pick. They, they probably don't have a lot of draft capital. They actually have five picks in rounds two through four, uh, but none of them are earlier than 64th. They got two picks from the Rams. I'm guessing that was for both for Von Miller, and they got one from the Seahawks late in round four, but they have picks 64, 75, and 96 on day two, and then 115 and 116. So, yeah, I mean, 64, 75, 96, that's definitely running back range and relevant running back range at that, uh, so the Broncos do have some capital to play with, and of course, teams could always trade up, so what, the, what their drafts board looks like now could be very different. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, another question I asked you, and I asked it yesterday on the Full-Length Show, Jamie, was if the Chiefs select a wide receiver in round one, do you think you'd rank that guy ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster? And you said no, right?
1: Yes, not, not as a no. Okay. Heath, how about you? Probably not. Um, I'd probably still rather have Juju. I mean, I, I guess it depends. Are they taking the fourth or fifth wide receiver of the first round with the 29th pick? Or are they packaging those two first round picks to move up into the top 15 and take Garrett Wilson or like one of the top two? Like if they really make an effort to go up and go get somebody, then it's possible I might have him ahead of Juju. But for the most part, probably not. They probably both fall into that um wide receiver three slash wide receiver four range the best case for juju
2: them drafting a receiver in the first round is jamison williams because you know clearly there's plenty of upside there for patrick mahomes which he'd love uh and williams may not be ready to start the season so you know juju gets off to a fast start and, and hopefully helps you win a few weeks and then you see what happens and with williams is ready to go williams to be ready to go uh come week one so take that you know for what it's worth but if williams slips or as Heath said you know the chiefs you know go up to get him um then I think that's the best case scenario for Juju of the, of the rookie guys. But you know, you I mean you see a lot of Jahan Dotson, Mockham. You see, you know, Traylon Burks, if he falls, uh, those kind of guys. So um, they could impact Juju obviously in a negative way. My, my biggest fear for Juju is if they take two. You know, if if they yeah. take you know not just one in the first round, but one you know uh, later in the draft, and then you're like, okay, it's 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 an indication of and and obviously from their perspective, Juju's on a one year deal. So you know, from from their perspective, it's not just thinking about 2022. It's obviously the future. Um, but also, it's an indication that the Miko Hardman experiment clearly has failed. And, you know, Marcos Valdez Scantling is not going to be as featured as he might have hoped based on his contract.
0: If they take two, that is an interesting, because they have picks 29, 30, 50, and 62. And then they have 94 and 103 in round three. And then one, they have a lot of picks 12 picks. And I think Heath mentioned that right at the top of the show 12 picks in total for the Chiefs. And one, two, three, four, five, six in the top 103 picks. Um, I can't think of too many. I can think of the Cardinals the year they took, was it Kirk and Isabella? Is that the two that they took? Or I was it Keem Butler Hakeem too? Keem Butler and, and Isabella, maybe it was. Um, it was Butler and Isabella, yes. Kirk was a year later. I can't think of too many examples of teams taking two early. Because if they take a wide receiver in the first round, the Chiefs, and then they take another one in you know, the third, 94th or
1: 103rd overall, I don't know that that would really make too much of a difference for Judy. I kind of think, and I don't, I mean, again, from guessing without knowing department, right. I kind of think they're going to use the first two picks either for two players or to move up for one player to try to improve the pass rush. Try to, like That's the thing they've really talked about is is the edge rush. Um, and then, like I've seen a lot, a lot, I was just wrote Sky Moore's prospect profile yesterday, and Ryan Wilson had Sky Moore going to the Chiefs at fifty. And there's there's a website that lists like where everybody's mocking players to, and over half of them <laughs> has had more going to the Chiefs, either <laughs> with one of those first round picks or with fifty. So uh, I kind of expect them to use the early picks on the defense, and then maybe a couple of picks in round two, three, or four on uh, wide receiver. I'd also
2: keep an eye on Taekwon Thornton because he was the fastest receiver at the combine. And please, no. That's never not good. a. That not in not the no. first round. Not the first
0: round. No. <laughs> when is yeah. the, I, I want to know the fa- the last time the fastest receiver has been good. I feel like that's just not. a. It's just, I don't know. It's just, was, just like Anthony which, Schwartz. Tyreek didn't go to the
1: combine, right? No. So he wouldn't have been that year.
0: Yeah. I, obviously, speed is good, but. Those guys who run like mega fast 40s, a lot of times they're just they're just famous for their 40 times. Uh, but again, I um, just don't really have a, like a memory of everybody's 40 times, so I could be wrong about that. But um, but Anthony Schwartz is the one that pops out. Uh,
1: uh Cup and Josh Reynolds
0: for the Rams. Okay, so these are potential losers. <laughs> I was about to ask you that, by the way.
1: No, oh, I was saying same, Cup and same. Josh Reynolds were the two wide receivers taken in the same draft. I think third and fourth round. Oh, good, that's good. <laughs>
0: Cup had a good rookie year.
1: Um, but no, Cup and Josh Reynolds were not my potential losers. My yeah. potential losers were uh, Elijah Moore and Antonio Gibson.
0: Yeah, if the Jets take a wide receiver 10th overall, what would that mean for Moore?
1: Or if they trade the 10th overall pick for De- De- Debo, um, like right now, I view Elijah Moore as a guy who's a number. Number two, number three in redraft this year, number two in Dynasty with the the potential a month into the season to be viewed as a number one wide receiver. He was so, so good for that stretch in the second half of the season before he got hurt. And we've seen that from a lot of players of his caliber. Um, and listen, this guy's a little bit better now, but A.J. Brown. You remember like that first half of his season was nothing, and then he had that great stretch in the second half. We saw it with Juju, his second half of his first year, and then year two he turns into a superstar. I think that trajectory is available to Elijah Moore right now, but if they go take a wide receiver at 10, that's terrifying. Um, They've still got Corey Davis. They're paying a ton of money to do this year as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And yet we, we never talk about Zach Wilson, by the way, as a potential winner. Maybe we should do that at some point, but who is your other potential loser,
1: Heath? Antonio Gibson, the, the Washington Football Team keeps bringing in running backs. After they brought back, like apparently did some sneaky things to bring back J.D. McKissick. <laughs> um, man, if they if they draft Walker or Breece Hall, I don't even know where you rank Gibson. You think they would? Is that? I think they brought both of them in, didn't they? They only
0: have two picks in the first three rounds. They have the 11th overall pick, which is not going to be a running back, and they have the 47th overall pick. They, Unless they want to trade out of next year's draft, they don't have a ton of ammunition to move into the third round. They have the 113th pick in round four and 189, which is round six, and then two round seven picks. So they don't have a lot of draft capital. Number 47 overall, Maybe. They go running back there, but uh, they have 11, 47, and then one hundred and thirteen,
1: and then Well, one hundred thirteen is round four, right? Yes, I, I mean, if they're if the right guy fell to that spot, I wouldn't even like that for Gibson, because why? If with that little draft capital, why are you using a draft pick on a running back when you have Gibson and McKissick?
0: I agree. I, I think it would signal and to Samuel. <laughs> I think it would signal that they may not view uh, Gibson as a true running back because he has. Not been great in that role through two years, and he was he barely had any carries in college. He was a wide receiver. Uh, This is all hypothetical, but I guess you could view it that way if they do pull the trigger. The whole conversation is right, yeah. Um, okay, let's get some players who have a lot to gain. Jamie, you have Aaron Rodgers outside your top 12. Is there anything the Packers can do to move him inside your top 10, let's say?
2: Yeah, Darren Waller and receiver. <laughs> that would be uh, fairly nice. Um, no, not inside my top 10, but, you know, could see him getting closer to 12 again. Uh, right now he is uh, the 15th ranked quarterback for me, which is odd to say. And as I told you on FFT and 5, to have him ranked behind Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr feels so icky. But it's <laughs> like the fantasy situations for those guys better. Um, Rodgers, I, I think, you know, needs to get, you know, one of these top tier wide receivers and hope that Sammy Watkins can stay healthy and that, you know, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb can, you know, produce at a high level. It just doesn't feel like a very good receiving core right now. And I know he's going to overcome the loss of Devontae Adams because he's awesome. The Packers will certainly put him in good spots to succeed. But I just can't, you know, trust right now, even with a high-profile rookie, if they do, you know, something to what, you know, Heath suggested about, you know, packaging picks and moving up in the first round, then that shows you that they're going to be aggressive to address the position, which I think is certainly in the realm of possibilities. But as it stands right now, even with the addition of a rookie wide receiver, Rodgers will not be a number 1 quarterback for me. He will however be in much better standing and certainly somebody that I'd be more inclined to draft along with one of these questionable starters because we know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of.
0: Heath, where would you draw uh where would you rank, sorry, Aaron Rodgers if the Packers take a wide receiver in the first round?
1: Well, I mean, and I I think this whole like who could gain, who could lose thing really does kind of depend on where you're starting from but it's it's more for me like they've got to go get at least one um and I think they need to probably go move up to get one for me to 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 move him up and I wouldn't move him up very much um they'd probably have to trade for an established number 1 for me to get Rodgers any higher than 12
0: okay that is where you have him now that is where Dave has Rodgers Jamie as he mentioned he has him 15th Another player Jamie thinks could win would be Kyle Pitts, but you think this is more from a, from a long-term perspective that they draft a quarterback?
2: I mean, it, it, it would be shocking at this point if Malik Willis gets past eight to the Falcons. Um, everything that you're seeing is, is that Arthur Blank wants him, um, and he's an Atlanta kid. They have a huge need, clearly, at the position. They were aggressive in trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. Uh, they sent Matt Ryan away basically for nothing. Marcus Mariota is not the long-term answer. So Malik Willis to Kyle Pitts is that something that's going to make him better? Uh, as I told you yesterday, at least you know, you know, at least you know that there's uh, a quarterback that he can hopefully pair with and have success with for many, many years to come. So I, I think just knowing that he gets a quarterback, hopefully gets a high-profile quarterback, hopefully gets what could be the best quarterback in this class, and Malik Willis um, seems like a, uh, a a good thing for you know, the long term of Kyle Pitts if Malik Willis is good. So. Um, this was kind of a stretch to say he's going to be a guy that gains tremendously, but I, I do think at least if you know in your mind what you're dealing with, it uh, helps you determine what Kyle Pitts could be for the next three to four years.
0: Trying to find Malik Willis's over/under from Caesars. I'm not sure if they
1: released it for him. You would think so, but I'm not seeing it in this article. It's such a—he's such a volatile guy, but yeah, it does seem like—and um, we, we probably should have always expected. That eventually, the closer we get, one or two of these guys are going to get pushed up into the top two, top ten.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll see if the Panthers jump there at, at six to take him. But
1: I guess the if question the Panthers is the
0: quarterback you're hearing it's Pickett. I, I think the question is, uh, will it matter? Do you think these quarterbacks are good enough? We're going to have to make that decision. No to no. Some,
1: right? Yeah. It, I I definitely think that Kyle Pitts having Malik Willis. Um, If not, It doesn't help his floor at all because Malik Willis doesn't have a floor in the NFL. Um, But it gives him a lot more hope and upside than than being paired right now with Marcus Mariota, who could be a serviceable starting quarterback, but we know what he is.
0: Okay, Heath, give me a couple of names, players who could gain.
1: I had a pair of quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence.
0: But not Zach Um, Wilson.
1: What's that? But not Zach Wilson, that poor guy. Poor Zach Wilson. I just don't think... Like Even if they added Debo Samuel, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be in anybody's top 18 or 15 at quarterback, maybe 18. Um, it'd be really nice if somehow Jacksonville or the Bears could get Fields or Lawrence a a real number one wide receiver. I think Darnell Mooney, the leap he's made from where he was is really impressive, but he should be your number two wide receiver if you want to have a really good passing offense. Really kind of the same thing for Christian Kirk, despite the fact they're paying him $20 million a year um i would love it for fields if somehow and this would be tough for the bears unless one of them fall if somehow they could pair him up with uh, one of his former teammates garrett wilson um or chris oh say his name wrong olave olave
0: um the bears have two picks in the second round
1: 39th and 48th and that might be enough to get into the end of the first yeah
0: olave could be available late in the first I. I thought I heard that his prop. Let me see if I can find that. Olave's prop was like somewhere around fifteenth, and I don't know. Maybe you know those odds makers know things that we don't. But that seems
1: early. I didn't. I've think, not seen it because like for a while, I thought that the conventional wisdom this week was turning into Garrett Wilson's definitely going number eight to Atlanta. Yeah, a lot of um, odds of that, but. I have not seen a real consensus on the order these wide receivers are going to be drafted. I think one or two of the top five guys are definitely going to be there at the end of the first round. If it happens to be Wilson or Lave, then that would be great for Fields. So I don't know
0: if Caesars changes the over-unders or if they just change the odds. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Trevon Walker. What, um, when was this article written? It's from Caesars.com. And it says, as April reaches the midway point. So this wasn't too long ago. Trayvon Walker's over under was three and a half, which means you hit the under if he goes in the top three, hit the over if he goes four or later. Um, that's probably going to go under. So I don't know if they change the number or if they just you know, make it like minus 400 or whatever. Uh, Olave, 17 and a half. And does
2: that. He's does going that, before then.
0: Before then? Before then? Really? Because yeah. I've seen a lot of mocks where he's like the fifth wide receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm thinking Wilson. Excuse me. Yeah, Olave, yeah. yeah Wilson, uh, Wilson is 10 and a half. Uh, that you know that makes sense, but Olave at seventeen and a half, I was I'm gonna try to find that because I think I'm gonna take the over on that. But it's so it's such a departure from what I've seen in mock drafts that I'm just wondering, eh, maybe they got some intel there. Is odds makers always a step ahead. Okay, well, we'd love to see Fields and Lawrence get wide receivers. It seems like Zach Wilson has a pretty good chance to have a, one of the better wide receivers added. And I don't know why I'm just going to keep talking about him. I know he had such a bad rookie year, but uh, give him Elijah Moore, give him... not Okay, not only give him Elijah Moore and maybe Garrett Wilson, maybe Jameson Williams at 10, but also potentially a stud left tackle or if they want to play him at right tackle, whoever it is, at four. And the Jets, if Becton can can bounce back and have a good third season, and Elijah Vera Tucker had a pretty pretty solid rookie season... You know, if they draft and if they hit a home run with their fourth pick, and they draft a wide receiver, which I believe will be an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. Let's say it's offensive line, and then they draft a wide receiver at ten. You could start. You really could see the Jets have a very good offense. Maybe beginning. I can't say this year, but maybe beginning in twenty twenty three. Right. I mean, this year. I mean, yeah. I I think so, but nobody's talking about it, right? So then, like, what if the
1: Texans? Take and tackle a star tackle at, 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 with their first pick, and then at thirteen yeah. they take Garrett Wilson or Olave, and then in the second round they take Brees Hole. They could have a, an outstanding offense.
0: Yeah, they, if things go right, if they hit on their draft picks, absolutely. The New York Post did an interesting breakdown because both the Giants and the Jets have two top ten picks, which is unbelievably rare. I don't know if it's ever happened where two teams had two top. I don't think it has. Two teams had two top ten picks. And they looked at the previous teams that have had two top 10 picks and how they did. And typically, it's make one, miss one, basically. Typically, it's like one good player and one, eh, not so much. That's really odd because the NFL draft is always hit. <laughs> yeah. But what I noticed is the more recent examples were better. Uh, go back to the Colts in like 1992. They drafted
1: Steve Entman. I'll have to look it up. It was a good how, uh, how did your Twitter poll turn out, Jamie?
2: The Giants? Yeah. Uh, last time I looked, it was very heavy in favor of Malik Willis. What was the poll? Uh, the poll was, uh, I was having a conversation with two of our producers who are Giants fans, and I said, would you rather have Malik Willis or Daniel Jones? And they both said Daniel Jones. And so I said, this is interesting. I want to see what you know Giants fans as a whole think. Um, Dan Schneier was very offended that I didn't ask him personally. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Malik Willis or or Daniel Jones, who would you rather have? Dan had a, a very logical explanation for it, as you would expect, about the rookie deals mattering and and how much you know picking up the fifth year option, et cetera. What a cop
0: out! That is so not. That is so uh, no. He's, not, no, first but, he gave his answer. He, okay. he said
2: he said Jones as a better decision maker and as a probably as a better passer, but the upside, I think, which we I'll probably expect at this point, is Malik Willis. So yeah. if you can read his answer. You like.
1: have to take Malik Willis. How could you not say Malik Willis? Well, but the, the, the real question is not that. The real question is, would you rather have Daniel Jones and the number seven pick or Malik Willis?
0: Fair. I'd re- I don't think they should take Malik Willis. I think that they should.
1: If I was a Giants fan, I would want play. them to take Malik Willis. You I'm would? Not sure to- I-, I would want them to. Yes.
0: I've shared my thoughts on this. I-, I think that they're all in on the 2023 quarterback class. They'll let Daniel Jones fail one more time. They'll. I think they're going to try to trade out from seven and get a, a first round pick next year. And hopefully use that, and maybe if maybe they have the first overall pick, because I think they'd be terrible. But you know, any capital they have to get the first or second pick in next year's draft and take younger Stroud, and there are other very exciting quarterback prospects, including the guy at Florida, the guy at Miami. Both these guys could end up being top five picks next year. Um, it's just a much different draft class, so that's why I wouldn't take Malik Willis. I'd suck one more year and reset the franchise next year. Right, but the problem is, is that what if Daniel Jones is good? It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have, you know, uh, you, you can't run away from that, but, you know, help him out. Try to make him better this year. But you take a tackle this year. Hopefully that guy and Andrew Thomas could be really good next year. And uh, you draft the quarterback of the future then. But I don't think the Giants are going to be alone in that thinking. I feel like a lot of teams want to have capital. I, I mean, I've mentioned this. I said this yesterday, so I don't want to keep repeating it. But the Eagles already did it. Like, the Eagles traded a first round pick this year for a first round pick next year. And next year's draft just looks so much better, especially if you're a team that might need a quarterback. Uh, we I asked people on Twitter for their opinions, who has the most to gain or lose? And Josh Knutson said, DeAndre Hopkins, if the Cardinals... Now, this was an interesting take. He said, if the Cardinals draft an actual competent wide receiver to play opposite him, instead of faking it with the ghost of A.J. Green or a gadget guy like Rondell Moore, that he could... I think he was saying... Oh, uh, maybe not. I thought he was saying that Hopkins would benefit, but I guess he's saying that Hopkins would would lose that he'd be a loser if the. Well, I mean, you know, we Cardinals saw we saw
2: Hopkins season. last year, right? He was so touchdown dependent, and so yeah. you know, I I don't feel great about DeAndre Hopkins as I used to, um, and and I was uh, wrong on him with the move to Arizona initially. You know, I thought that there was going to be a, a potential problem for targets based on how the Cardinals had spread the ball around with Cliff Kingsbury, and that proved to be wrong in the first year. But then you look at what happened to him last year when Christian Kirk played better, and Rondell Moore was there for some spurts, and A.J. Green had some good moments, and then they brought on Zach Ertz, and then Hopkins got hurt. But, I mean, it was touchdown or bust, essentially, some weeks for Hopkins, and that was very frustrating. And you have to wonder, you know, as he reached the point, especially last year, the first time he's missed time for significant injuries, is he starting to hit that wall a little bit? And I hope not. But it's a concern. And if they add somebody else, which I think they have to, you know, uh, to to at least start to think about the future, is how much is that person going to be or that player going to be a problem for DeAndre Hopkins? So I still think he's a very safe number two wide receiver. I don't think he's a number one guy anymore. He can certainly play like that. But I'm not drafting him that way. And if they added a receiver, I I totally agree. I think it would be a, a negative for him.
0: Heath, Jesper Hagen says Miles Sanders. He didn't say winner or loser, but I guess he thinks Miles Sanders just has a lot to gain or lose, basically, in this draft.
1: I think he is in a precarious situation. They are one of the teams um, that I think could draft a running back, and maybe that's the place where Brees Hall could go and just be... Uh, spectacular but this was not uh, a player who was chosen by this regime and they the way he was used last year and really the way he's been used except for short stretches by by multiple coaching staffs suggest kind of like you talked about with Antonio Gibson maybe they don't fully believe in him as their lead running back
0: yeah or for him maybe they don't believe he can stay healthy he's certainly not proven that the Eagles have five picks in the first 101 picks Overall, including 15 and 18, which unlikely to be used on a running back, but 15 and 18. You would love
2: it. You would absolutely love it. If? Any team uses a pick on a running back in the first round.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I would. Well, I would because Jamie and I have a bet. And, of course, I said Jamie can't give away any podcast league spots <laughs> if a running back is taken in the first round. But Jamie already gave one away. so I guess. No, I
2: didn't. I yes, just suggested you, it to you. I did not give it away. Okay. Well, it's I, you, it, I accepted your suggestion.
1: So, well, yeah, that doesn't okay. count. Sounds like you gave a spot away already. Yep. Um, you absolutely did. Okay. So, so we've given away like half the spots in the league already. That's we may have to have another league. I mean, that's um, that's Jamie.
2: That's what Jamie does. No, 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 no. Actually, this person requested to be in the in in any listener league.
0: Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay fine. So then the bet stands. That's the. End. You know what
1: we could do is just have the for the people league not be a ten team league anymore, and then we could have more people. No, we can't do that, Heath. It's because uh... it's for the people.
0: Yeah, for ten people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Clint. Why don't you Why don't you have Robert run a like twenty person league, if he wants to? Who? The guy you Robert sent Collins. me the.
0: Oh, oh, oh! Our our social guy. I think he's yeah. got enough on his plate because we have we have the FFT open. You guys may not even know about this, but we have the FFT Open, which is our... Ver- Scott Fish is in the chat right now, so Scott, don't sue us. It's our version of the Scott Fish Bowl, <laughs> and it is run by one of our listeners. He's done it two years in a row, and uh, it's something like 20 leagues. Can we call it a not-fish bowl? <laughs> I like the FFT Open, but whatever you want to call it, it's fine. Clint thinks Michael Carter has a lot to lose or gain um, in the yep. NFL draft. Hard to argue that, yeah. And Dustin Parks says Devin Singletary, and that is the guy should be the headliner. (laughs) I guess
1: that is one. It depends on where you have him ranked, whether he has a lot to gain or whether he has a lot to lose. I think I've got him at like thirty-five. He's got a lot to gain. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, consensus might be closer to twenty when he's got a lot to lose there.
0: Well, the ADP that we looked at last week had him in the eighties. So uh, overall, not a running back, obviously. So I think people are drafting expecting the Bills to upgrade at running back. And if they don't, then, yeah, he's not going to be in, picked in the 80s, Devin Singletary. I'll read a couple emails here, and then we will skedaddle. Dave Flint says, Just listening to the wide receiver dynasty rankings dispute, you mentioned the Falcons taking a wide receiver with their first pick. I'm on board with that, but I wish uh, you would have mentioned what it does to Kyle Pitts in dynasty. If the Falcons grab Garrett Wilson, what would that do to Kyle Pitts' dynasty rankings? And also, I'm curious, in dynasty, would you rather have Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams? Who should... Uh, those of us with the one point one grab, if we need a dynasty wide receiver,
1: um, I don't think any wide receiver in this class would impact my dynasty ranking of Kyle Pitts. Um, I think what he's a better. What's that? What if it's two guys? I think he's the like he would be if if you changed his position to wide receiver and you put him in this draft class, he would be by far and away the best wide receiver in the class, right? Yeah. Um, wait, so wait. 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 He, he'd he'd be the number one. Really? You think, I don't know. Do you, you would expect him to put up wide
0: receiver numbers?
1: I mean, he basically did.
0: <laughs> he did. But what, I mean, do you think he's going to become like a 1,400 yard kind of guy?
1: I don't know that there's any. Like, yes. I think he'll have a four. I bet he has a 1,400 yard season. Uh, I hope so. That would obviously and be a record. How many wide receivers? Like, I don't know who the, the 1,400 yard wide receiver in this class is.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's if you don't think that, that's fine. Uh,
1: um, yeah. But the other question, um, if I think if you have the one, one, you've really got to try to see if you can get to three or four, and somebody will give you something to because they want Brees Hall. Okay. And
0: you could also try you know to
2: what
1: get, you doing yet, Heath? right now, you have the one on one, Brees Hall for sure. Oh, I've got one on one and one-oh-two Uh, yes, Brees Hall for, is locked in, locked no matter in. where he goes. Well, if you know if he if he really stumbles like to the middle of the second round and gets in a difficult landing spot, then I'm going to take him at 102. <laughs> so he's two. <wanted> to-
2: <laughs> so let's just say let's say Walker to the Texans, Walker Texas Rangers, yes. and um, and Spiller to the Falcons, and Hall goes to the Colts as Jonathan Taylor's backup.
1: Well then I will not take Brees <laughs> the Colts. That would be a that would be a very bad planning spot. What if he goes to the Panthers? This is <laughs> probably and I'd probably take those in those two end of those spots. I'd probably man, I don't want to do it again though. I still hurt over the Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards Lair fumbling.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you hear Brees Hall comped to Jonathan Taylor a lot. So if you are the Colts, what's better than one Jonathan Taylor? Why not, why not have two? No, I'm just saying, like, what's the worst?
2: I, I said that before, you know, when you asked the worst landing spot, I, I don't remember what show we did. I said to the to the Colts or the or the Broncos, you know, just where he's behind a young potential star or star already. Um, but like if the Titans decide, you know, we need a Derrick Henry replacement eventually, and they take Brees Hall round two, you know, like they did once upon a time with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. You you pivot to receiver at that point.
1: Heath? It's possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd like to not though. So. Please don't do that NFL.
2: I have I have the fifth pick in another dynasty league. It's a super flex league, and I'm this is traditionally a very quarterback heavy rookie draft. Always. Um, uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the first four picks in front of me because I need I need help at running back and receiver for sure.
0: You should trade into next year's draft.
2: Um. No.
0: Yeah, you should. It's so much better.
2: It's so much. Yeah, better. but I could get. I could get. You know, let's just say everybody lands in ideal landing spots. You know, Willis goes to the Falcons. Pickett goes to the Panthers, or the Steelers. Um, you know, so those two guys will probably be drafted early. Yeah. Uh, I I could potentially end up with Ken Walker as the second best running back in a good spot, or my pick of the best receiver.
1: Yep.
0: If you're in a quarterback heavy league, in Dynasty. But that helps if you're if
2: you're still picking at the back end around one, too. But
0: you're gonna have two picks in this scenario. If you have a chance though at
1: Garrett Wilson or whoever your favorite wide receiver or Walker versus random, I don't know what pick it is, 2023 pick. Right. No, you'll have two
0: you'll have two picks in 2023. You'll have your own and the one you acquire, which you in theory could package. And there will if you're in a quarterback heavy league, the first two picks next year. Well, Bijan Robinson, I think, will probably be number one, and then Smith Najigba, uh, two, and then like the first four picks, two of them are probably going to be. Cool. I don't know. I, it's so hard to say. Could be quarterbacks with Young and Stroud. So, I, next year is just so much better than this year, basically. I think from an elite. elite yeah, but I could also prospect. stink
2: again and be right back where I am too. So I end up which with would be great for team. you.
0: Which would be huh? great. Then you'll have. Then you'll get. Uh, then you'll get Bryce. You'll get Bryce Young next year.
2: I can I can easily acquire a first round pick throughout the course of the season if my team is that bad. All
0: right. Yeah, you could do that. A question from Trace in Vancouver. Full PPR, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end. I need to keep three at no penalty. Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, Justin Herbert. So Taylor and Chase, and then one more. Jones, Aaron Jones, George Kittle, or Herbert? Jones. Uh, Jones. Cool. Let's see. I got some questions here in the chat. First of all, Scott Fish is going to sue me. He's super litigious, (laughs) he says. And uh, Gary Scott says, 10-team PPR keeper league. I can keep three. I have Kamara, J.K. Bobbins. He's pretty good. Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, and Travis Etienne. Who are you keeping in PPR?
2: Uh, I would keep Kamara, Henry, and probably Fournette
1: that's the like I think that, that Thursday and Friday night may decide between fournette and Dobbins um but yeah the Henry and, and Kamara are the two easy ones and then probably fournette any rookie you guys think will be like
0: a JJ or a Jamar type player nope not wide receivers is, is JJ Julio Jones
1: I think JJ's Justin Jefferson oh Justin Jefferson okay um
0: yeah I who's your favorite wide receiver
2: Jamison Williams.
0: It's Wilson right now. I'll take Drake London. Okay. There we go. Yeah. And the, the one I really am enthused, enticed by is Christian Watson. Just like so, so
2: intriguing. Salivating. Him and, and Traylon Burks are, are the two I think that can really sway how good this class could be if everybody ends up in good spot.
0: Yeah, man. All right. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a mailbag. We'll talk to you Thursday. Very, very late or very, very early Friday, technically recapping round one, then again round two, then again round three. Have a great day, everybody. For Heath and Jamie, I'm Adam. See ya!